Welcome back to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, North America's largest EV festival coming to a major city near you. Welcome back to the Electrify Expo podcast from the creators of Electrify Expo, America's largest e-mobility festival. Welcome back to another episode of the Electrify Expo podcast. I'm here, Joe Boris, and we're going to talk a little bit more about CES 2022. I know that happened about a week and a half ago, but uh, still so much to cover, so much to see and talk about there. So I want to go over some of the big stuff. We already talked in the last news episode that we did. We already talked about some of the new cars that had come out at CES, some of the new technology, some of the automation there. But I want to start talking about some of the big stuff. And this is stuff that we don't really talk about. We don't really think about too often when we talk about electrification, but we're talking about tractors, farm equipment, construction equipment, big stuff here. So we're going to start with Bobcat, Doosan Bobcat. This is a company you're all familiar with. You've all seen their little tiny, uh, you know, the, their track loaders and things like that at any job site that you've seen. Some of them even use them as slow, snow plows for schools and things like that. Well, Bobcat has, for the first time, done an all-electric uh, track loader. Now, what does that mean by all electric, right? Because we've seen these before from other companies that use electric propulsion to get around. But the thing that makes the Bobcat different is it's 100% electric. That means it's not using hydraulic arms or hydraulic fluids to manipulate and move its control arms and the bucket, right? So how does that improve things? Well, first of all, a lot of that hydraulic fluid is very, very heavy oil-based, petroleum, fossil fuel kind of stuff. It's real nasty. You don't want to get any of it on you. And the other issue is each one of these little bobcats, even the smaller ones, they use as much as 50 gallons of these hydraulic fluids. That's not counting the oils and lubricants and everything that keeps the thing running. This is just hydraulic fluid to operate the arms and buckets. And that needs 10 to 15 minutes to cycle uh, you know, to get that warmed up. And that's somebody sitting in the cab and that happens every day. Now, if you think about that 10, 15 minutes, 15 minutes doesn't sound like a long time, but if you have four of these, you just wasted an entire hour of labor on your job site, just waiting for the thing to warm up. Right? So if there's a fleet of a thousand of these things, if you're a big excavation company, if you're Stevens engineering or independence excavating out in Ohio, and you've got dozens of these things, that's 15 minutes per unit that it's just sitting every day, not making you money, not making any progress just to turn it on. Well, the new Doosan Bobcat, it's all electric. So it uses powerful electric motors and rams to move these arms in the bucket. These are the same kind of things that open and close the hatch on your SUV. If you have that power opening and close hatch, just on a much bigger scale. There are tens of thousands of these little tractors out there all over the country. And think about for every one of those at every shift, you're losing a quarter of an hour to warm up those fluids. That's going to be a tremendous, tremendous time saving. And quite frankly, it's going to save a ton of emissions too. We don't talk a lot about environment and emissions here, uh, but just for lack of a better uh, term, you're not idling. You're not burning all that fuel for those man hours every day. So we're going to move on from there and we're going to talk about John Deere. Now, John Deere showed something pretty interesting at CES 2022. They showed a fully autonomous farm tractor. Now, this is something that it's not in and of itself electric because what they showed was their prototype. 
And this is a diesel tractor that has a ton of onboard batteries, a ton of onboard high voltage electronics, and those are all running an autonomous system. That means that the farmer can open up their iPhone. They can see where the tractor is. It can learn. It can figure out how to go across the land in the most efficient way. When it starts running out of fuel or running out of battery, it can radio, bring itself back home, charge itself or request fuel and go from there. Now, the production version of this is going to be electric. Everything that they talked about, everything that John Deere said at CES talked about AI and electrification. But the, the real crazy thing about this is how smart it is. Not only is it going to find its most efficient path, not only is it going to find, you know, is it going to be able to navigate away from danger and make sure that everything is operating smoothly, it can actually on the fly differentiate between what you're trying to grow in an area and what's growing there either naturally or by accident, right? So essentially crops and weeds. So as it goes through your field, it can actually knock out weeds and pull the weeds as it's plowing and as it's doing everything else, which I mean, just in and of itself is tremendous, right? Like it, that it recognizes that, that it has that much intelligence. It's not just a remote control Roomba kind of thing that go, not that Roombas aren't great, but they're not like the smartest things. If you have a Roomba, you probably already know that. So that is a big thing from deer as more and more people kind of come to this country and come into this world, right? Cause we have population expanding and fewer and fewer people seek out careers in agriculture, the ability to still produce that kind of work and increase the efficiency of the people who are there is a huge deal. So the John Deere tractor, even though it is huge, it wasn't the biggest electric news at Electrify Expo when we talk about just the size of the vehicle. So that's going to come from Kenworth. Now, Packard Kenworth, everybody knows these guys. These are the big over-the-road semis, the 18-wheelers that you see going down the highway. They, you know, you, you pump your arm, they honk the big air horn. They're very, very cool trucks. Well, they came out with a fully electric Kenworth and they had this shown at CES. This is not their first electric Kenworth. Obviously they've had a few different uh, electric vehicles out there, but this one has 670 horsepower. Uh, it has about 150 miles of range. Now, again, 150 miles probably doesn't sound that impressive when we're talking about Cars like the Lucid that have 500 miles of range or a Tesla Model 3 or Model S that has 250, 300 miles of range. But keep in mind, those are just cars. They're carrying one or two, maybe three passengers, maybe a couple of bags of luggage. This Kenworth, this is hauling tens of thousands of pounds of, of stuff, of cargo, of weight, right? And that weight is going to you know, put a load on the electric motors that you're not experiencing with a car. So 150 miles, that's a good from city to city or from a port to a processing plant or, you know, maybe from a, a logging yard to another processing plant. And then while the truck is being loaded and unloaded, it can be fast charged so that by the time it's ready to go, it's ready to go. Now, again, this is not Kenworth's only electric vehicle, but I think it is the 680E electric semi. It's probably the one that you're going to see most if you are in urban areas or if you kind of find yourself, I mean, let's face it, if you're between Amazon locations and Amazon warehouses, this is going to be what's pulling that big container out. Now, a couple of advantages to this. Number one, you're not idling as you're waiting to get the truck loaded. If you're at the shipyard, if you're at a cargo yard, you're not idling the truck to keep it warm. You're essentially just leaving it there. So you're cutting down on fuel use, fuel costs. The other thing is electrical 
fuel electrons basically are much more stable in terms of pricing in terms of energy cost than diesel fuel so if you're a fleet operator you've got 20 30 40 of these things and you're trying to plan out your budget three months six months a year ahead of where you are now you don't have to factor in these huge fluctuations in oil and or gas prices you don't have to invest in oil futures to try to get a handle on what you're looking at this is something where you just kind of have a much more stable sense of where it's at and you know quite frankly you're going to cut back on uh workman's comp claims because you're not going to have the noise you're not going to have the emissions you're not going to have the asthma you're not going to have the downtime that you'd have with the diesel and and obviously the maintenance costs are going to be much lower too so that's something worth looking at and as we you know get into the tesla semi and uh, you know we like to make fun of nicola with uh trevor milton but he's not there anymore so they're actually building something positive and uh you know doing some good work so as we start to see bigger and bigger trucks they're going to start to be more electrified and we're all going to benefit from that right and the last thing i want to talk about today is this is a neat thing this is a general motors they have a company called bright drop and bright drop really focuses on commercial assets whether that's delivery trucks or containers now that last word there containers is a key thing because what they showed off was something called an EP one. It's an electric container. So what does that mean? You know, those FedEx or UPS drop boxes that you can pull up to, you throw your envelope in there or your small package, and then they come pick it up later in the day. We've all seen those, even if we've maybe never used them, but we've all seen them They're They're essentially big mailboxes. Well, rather than having a, an operator or a driver come and open that up and take the little boxes and put them on a cart, take them in. This actually is the box itself will on its wheels will motor itself into the delivery vehicle. So the driver doesn't have to lift heavy things. The driver doesn't have to move anything. The driver doesn't have to load it or unload it. And, you know, an empty one comes out, replaces the one that's full. The full one goes in and it, it works so much better. Now, FedEx was the first customer of this, obviously with General Motors uh, Bright Drop program. They were the first customer for the EP1 electric container. That's what they're calling it. They ran two pilot programs. One was in Toronto and one was in New York. And they saw a 25% increase in package deliveries per day on routes that used the EP1 electric container. Now, that's huge. So that allowed them, number one, to remove drivers and vehicles from that route. So there's less emissions, lower costs, things like that. But it also cut down the curbside dwell time, which means improved traffic flow for everybody that's on those routes. So if you're sharing the road with these FedEx drivers and these FedEx trucks, every time that you can cut down the amount of time that they're blocking traffic, blocking parking spaces, that's going to be an improvement of quality of life for everyone else. And let's talk a little bit about quality of life here, because when you remove that heavy load of lifting, of picking up, of carrying boxes, you're making the life of the driver that much simpler. And you're also reducing on back injuries, you're reducing fatigue, you're reducing knee injuries. So this is something that's going to not only save FedEx time, save FedEx money, but it's going to improve the quality of life for everyone involved, not just the drivers, not just the shareholders, but also the people who live and operate at the same place as FedEx, right? And this is going to have a pretty broad application, right? Because mailboxes, postal carriers, uh, again, UPS, FedEx, we've got a couple of these, DHL overseas. This is something that's really neat. But if you think about other ways this can be used, whether it's an inventory system, maybe Target has these, 
where you know the truck pulls in and they're, they're already loaded from the uh, manufacturer let's say from sony or from microsoft for the xbox and it's loaded with games and everything else they just kind of automate themselves they take themselves out to the retail area they open up and customers can buy what they need from there they can be restocked or else when they're empty they can be sent back they go back into the truck and they get sent back to the delivery center so there's lots of different ways these can be used and we are just in the infancy and none of this would be possible you know without this electrification without this connected vehicle and really this e-mobility right so we're talking about not only mobility for ourselves mobility for people but we're also talking about mobility of things mobility of services that we haven't really been able to do before so i'm sure there's a ton of applications just as i'm sitting here i'm thinking of you know, if you have a meals on wheels scenario where this thing can go to different apartments or, or different uh, units in a certain building and, and deliver stuff, there's a lot of different ways this can be used. Uh, and again, we are just, just scratching the surface. So as this grows and as this system grows, FedEx is ordering, uh, looks like 2000, not only EP1s, but also the Bright Drop electric de delivery vehicles. And Walmart, Walmart is another company that's ordering 5,000 of these. And both of those big purchases were announced at CES. And they kind of show the intent of like, this is where it's going. And this is how these companies are choosing to interact with this uh, new e-mobility space. And I think they're going to do some really innovative things. So that's kind of where we're at as far as the really big stuff from CES. A lot of these materials, a lot of the marketing stuff that they're coming out with is just now about 10 days out starting to hit, uh, you know, starting to hit the media and starting to get to the dealers. So if you have a Bobcat dealer in your area, you want to check one of these out, you can start going out there and checking them out. If you are a commercial fleet, you want to talk to Bright Drop about getting an EP1 and learning about some of the different ways that that can be put to use on your job site or in your business. Uh, now is the time for that. So that's about it for now. And we're going to talk next week about some uh, big investments that GM is putting into Michigan and uh, that Ford is doing as well. Ford obviously just had an all-time high valuation this last week. So that's something we definitely want to talk about and get into. And I'll get into that with Chris tomorrow as well. So thanks for listening. Talk to you then. The Electrify Expo podcast is brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, America's largest e-mobility festival featuring the hottest electrified brands and products in the e-mobility sector. The Electrify Expo is coming to five major cities in 2022, so be sure to subscribe and don't miss out. Thanks for listening to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo. Be sure to catch full video episodes on YouTube at Electrify TV and Follow along on social media for daily clips and more.